So, wait, they sold a, a clean version of that album? Mm-hmm. They sure did. It Was it like half price or something? Uh, well, I got it as a gift from my older sister for Christmas in 2000, so I'm not sure. Maybe I could ask her. <laughs> That's cool of your older sister, though. Yeah, the reason, well, the reason she bought it clean was I think my mom would have freaked out. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame her. But I'm curious to hear a little more about that. But um, welcome back. This is the Raised by the 90s podcast. I am Peter Z here with Toby Freeze. How you been this week, Toby? Uh, not too bad. Kind of crazy week doing some house stuff and everything like that and the puppy. So what about you? Been working on like three different media projects. So my brain is just all over the place. Okay. So I'm trying to just concentrate and get things done. So crazy week for me as well. For sure. But uh, today we're talking about new metal. And I kind of threw a generalization out there last time, but we'll get more into that. First, we'll t- tell me the full story here, Toby. <laughs> okay. So in Christmas of the year 2000, you know, after Y2K and everything was all brushed off. Yeah. I had received a Christmas gift from my older sister and it was a clean version cassette tape of Limp Biscuits, Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. <laughs> and for our folks out there who might not get it, there's just egregious swearing in it. How do they handle that? In the one of the opening tracks Hot Dog, you know, where he says the F word however many times. I'm pretty sure it's just blanked out. So it's just a lot of silence in between. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gotta be at least thirty or forty times because the well, I won't repeat the lines, but it's F this, <laughs> F this, F this, this is F'd up this. You know? So <laughs> yeah. Well, as I said, I think your sister made the wise decision of doing that. But yeah, that just a lot of blanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Parental advisory were stickers were a big deal back then. <laughs> I think um, it still had the parental advisory sticker on it, too, just for the subject matter. Yeah, I don't Uh, doubt it. Um, (laughs) I I do want to talk more about Limp Bizkit's subject matter or lyric choice, but... um, Mm -hmm. Well, the the story has another part to it, too. Oh, go on. (laughs) Um, After we came back from Christmas break in sixth grade... We know we were going around the classroom saying what we got for Christmas, and it got to me, and my teacher, you know, was like, "Tell me what'd you get for Christmas?" And I said, "I got limp biscuits, chocolate starfish, and the hot dog flavored water." <laughs> oh man! And I'm not sure my teacher got the chocolate starfish reference. I mean, I didn't know what it was when I was ten or eleven years old, you know. Yeah. But she definitely knew who limp biscuit was, and she wasn't <laughs> she, happy. She she called me out. For it being a little bit, you know, crass, said. <laughs> huh. No, um, I'm embarrassed to admit for how long I just didn't even think about the title. And I had, I'd even like heard the term before, but I just never thought about the title of that album. And then I was like, let me put it this way. By the time I figured out, I was more like, ew, rather than like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was already way past that. <laughs> I was so, the opposite. I laughed when I found out about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just, it went over. I didn't even realize as a kid, but um, no, that was probably one of my first introductions to it was Limp Biscuit via the, I took a math class at the middle school and there was another kid from the other elementary school with me there and he would talk about Limp Biscuit, and I thought the lyrics were just hilarious i didn't think they were to be taken seriously at all but a lot of people really took them as really crass and like oh they're angry and blah and i'm like no i think it's all over the top on purpose yeah i mean it was hyped up stuff too dude like i mean i don't know i got down to it when i was 10 11 years old oh totally (laughs) no okay so we should we should back up a little bit. I wanted to get a couple things out of the way up front. Well, first, as an artist, I struggle to be a, a hater a lot of the time. It, it's easier to hate on the visual medium because it asks for two of my senses rather than <laughs> one. But musicians, you know, after trying my hand at it, I uh, gained a lot of respect for everyone else. So 
I pretty much will never condemn a style or artist completely. I think there's always something there. Mm-hmm. The only thing that matters in music is I like how it sounds. And but don't worry, there's plenty of songs that I don't like how they sound, and I won't be afraid to share that. Also, I am going to be open with the things I used to like and sometimes still like and just don't listen to as often. And uh, I ask that you be honest with yourself, too. I'm hoping Toby and I can spark some good memories just by bringing up some bands and songs that you might remember and might take you back to those times when it was popular. Toby, uh, we both share something in common, too, when it comes to music. How long have you been playing guitar rough estimate uh 17 years now exact number there you go yeah um, (laughs) i remember because i I, my dad had bought me uh squire strat from the pawn shop right on right on (laughs) so when i turned 15 so nice um well since uh we are uh the same age and I started when I was 15 as well. Uh, you did the math okay. for me. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, roughly the same amount of time. So we might not be uh, Eddie Van Halen over here, but I think we both have maybe not black belts, but purple or brown belt <laughs> guitar level, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm, I'm trying to be humble, but we're experienced in music, put it that way. And, and another note, uh, a lot of these albums, I mean, not a lot of them, but a lot of the quintessential albums did come out in you know probably 2000 so we're virgin on going a little over 90s territory here but you can't really talk about these bands without talking about those albums so who were more you know at the height of popularity in the late 90s yeah well three of the games we discussed i think last week came out in the 80s but were influential in the 90s and you know we could always just cheat and treat it like centuries this is the 2000th decade so so it's 91 to 2000 instead how about okay. that? <laughs> that's my workaround <laughs> that's my cheat um I, no that, uh, i just watched that seinfeld episode about the millennium <laughs> where he's like newman did you book the hotel for the year 2000 or the actual millennium seeing as how there was no year zero <laughs> Yeah, I always love that. That's such a weird thing. Uh, no, and that's uh, I I just binged some South Park this week. Um, okay, South Park will fit into this episode a little later. So. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yeah, I was harvesting resources for one of my other projects. Okay, uh, but anyways, I listened to a few songs that you shared with me, and mm-hmm. I have my own opinions on new metal as well and my brain kind of goes to a couple things right away but we'll save that for later i was a little checked out from that subculture when it first came out Mm -hmm. it was very big in wrestling because you know that tough contact sport yeah a lot of it i didn't give a fair chance because it projected even as an 11 year old i saw these kids as edgelords And I knew I was about to wipe the mat with them and (laughs) I wasn't tough. So just because they had a Slipknot shirt on did not mean they were tough. So I kind of didn't give it a fair shake until the later part of the decade and um, or after even. So I think you could tell me a bit more about where did the movement start, whether it's culturally or the musical influences? How would you kind of, what's the backbone of it? Well, I would say uh, Korn is probably going to be the biggest name that you'll hear when it comes to new metal. I mean, they're, they're pretty much the founders of the subgenre. Yeah. If, they, uh, if, if you want to say it, they, they definitely had influences before. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, nothing's created in a vacuum, but they they really solidified it as its own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're from California, so I think that that movement kind of started there hmm. and kind of spread out afterward. But I remember the biggest influence on this genre for me was a uh, a card shop that we hung out. Huh. At when we were kids, uh, we first played Pokemon there, but nice. graduated to Magic the Gathering. Nice. So it was, yeah. So it was all me and my brother hung out there when we were 
10, 11, 11, 12, and we were hanging out with, you know, 16, 17 year old, 18 year old kids. Oh, that's so, great. That's such <laughs> yeah, a so fun they, environment. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know who allowed us up there, but, <laughs> um, especially on Friday and Saturday nights. So when you were a little kid, like older teenagers were just the coolest people in the world. It was such a joy to hang out with people like yeah. that. Um, yeah. And I, I think that it, those are the dudes who kind of are responsible for they show, you know, my, yeah, they showed you, Hey, this is what we're into. And you're like, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. This is sweet. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so I was going to also ask actually, what, what do you think the influences on corn were? Um, definitely like Mike Patton. Okay. And, uh, I'm totally familiar with him. If you didn't catch my, uh, resounding agreement there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, who, I don't who know. Is actually, who actually denounced corn, I think, or really? new metal as a genre. Uh, but I've, yeah, I've, there's been a lot of people, new metal has become a punching bag and some mm. of it is earned. Like, come on. Crawling in my skin became a meme song for a reason. <laughs> like it's it's a little over the top edgy, but um, you know, a lot of it is still good. And I don't I don't know why it is perceived to have aged so poorly. The stuff I listened to this week, I found some of it still pretty awesome. Yeah, and, and it didn't seem to age very differently than the other rap rock which is the same thing where a lot of it did not hold up. And then some of it sounds very modern still. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of, I don't know if it's too early to get into this, but I felt like there's kind of a through line with corn because first of all, the, the lead vocals like rap singing, cause he is mm -hmm. singing notes, but it's in this rap rhythmic style mm -hmm. super cool and their their spacey guitar riffs are just wild i love them uh like on freak on a leash is like a really mm -hmm. easy example um i feel some of the groove metal vibes coming through in their choruses and stuff sometimes yeah definitely and I was a bit of a fan. I mean, I was just trying to learn all the different guitar I could. I didn't see mm -hmm. a big distinction between all the different rock genres. If it had distorted guitar, I was into it. But, um, yeah. you know, I would try and learn Pantera songs. And I see that the thing I really like about certain genres is that, uh, you know, chugs, mm -hmm. the combination of a kick drum, the bass, and a rhythm guitar hitting all at the same time synchronized to a cool rhythm mm -hmm. and um i feel like groove metal kind of laid the groundwork that the new metal guys picked up on there but there's also the huge rap influence is is mike Patton a rapper can you remind me what was from again? Uh, faith no more Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, because I know them. Yeah, and I mean a bunch of other projects, but that's that's what he's known for for sure. Which is which is interesting because I distinctly remember back in I think we were still on LimeWire at that point. Mm -hmm. um, I was looking up funk metal bands, and that name was popping up everywhere, and they didn't resonate a lot with me. They had a couple cool songs, but I mean, yeah. that, that's how a lot of bands are. You like a few of their songs, and that's it. But apparently, they were influential. That's why they kept popping up. So, mm -hmm. no kudos to them. And 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 um, yeah, I I see. There's a there's a quote here from Corn's uh, lead vocalist Jonathan Davis, and he says, "If there is no Dimebag Daryl, the Pantera lead guitarist." Um, there would be no corn. So I think yeah, that's interesting. Makes sense. But um, what about on the rap side? What, is there anyone that comes to mind? I mean, I have a couple that might be obvious, but I'm yeah. Well, for... I mean, the the biggest obvious one is definitely Ice Cube, because uh, oh. he's actually featured on a corn oh, well, album. That's fair. I, I was gonna say, well, I feel dumb now because <laughs> that didn't <laughs> even occur to me. But well. 
NWA was a big one that occurred mm-hmm. to me. So I guess that's kind of all wrapped up in there. But um, yeah, I mean, if we're looking at it, honestly, NWA was pretty much just Ice Cube. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he wrote like three of the dudes and, lyrics on and that Dre group doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like with the beats. Yeah. He'll come up again in this episode. Um, I kind of was wondering two things is where all these suburban and city boys got the urge to rap from. And I thought the obvious influence there was the beastie boys. Mm, Yeah. But I also know that they are going for a much edgier tone and lyrical uh, subject matter than the beastie boys. They more, it was more obvious jokes there. There's a lot more black humor or straight up angst and anger in new metal. So I was curious where that came from, or if there, is there some, were they rebelling against something, or was there a, a cultural pushback, like a lot of uh, genres get started? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it was more inward, to be honest with you. After I listened, that's kind of the conclusion I came to as well, mm-hmm. is this was like a melding of styles that happened somewhat naturally. You know, yeah. That's... Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't more like rage against the machine, you know, it was more rage against yourself. <laughs> the that, this music was. When I listened to all of uh hybrid theory, I did notice that the seeds for the emo movement were certainly already planted at that point mm-hmm. as far as the angst and the hating yourself and all that. Yeah, I'm down oh, with yeah. that. I feel you there. Here's something interesting I kind of noted, and maybe this could help us nail things down a little bit. I kind of realized I could omit a few words and describe like 311, Limp Biscuit, and like Linkin Park with the same sentence. So what Mm. really separates the new metal genre? A couple of those songs that you shared with me, Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't say aren't new metal. Yeah, but they were definitely leaning on the edge of just hard rock. Yeah, and some of those bands just kind of had some hard rock hits that I like too. Like I thought the, I mean I don't know what genre it is, but the Word Up cover by Corn was always cool. Uh-huh. It's yeah, got this weird rap rock, but not really, not really any scratching or that stuff, you know. Hmm. Well, the, if we're talking about scratching, one thing I did want to point out that I didn't know when I was a kid is that DJ Lethal was in Limp Biscuit, and DJ Lethal is the DJ for House of Pain and Everlast. Oh, wow. That's and, funny. Uh, yeah, I did not know that, so... <laughs> so he was jumping around. That's him. That's cool. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Um, yeah, I... I certainly know a lot less about the rap scene, so that's mostly speculation on my part. Um, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have as much knowledge there. When I tried to chart the development of new metal, I was a bit surprised at how early in the 90s some of it had come out. Mm -hmm. You know, the first one from Korn was in 1994, which is the same year Green Day released Dookie, which had mm-hmm. like a bunch of my favorite songs of theirs on it, you know? Oh, yeah. My dad loved that album. <laughs> my dad loved Dookie. Yeah, they had, before they got political and were more cynical, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's hard for me to wrap my mind around the development. When did like, uh, like Limp Biscuit and Slipknot come into the picture? Uh, Limp Bizkit had a couple early albums too, but I don't think they got big until like 97, 98. Uh, cause I remember, I mean, you know, they were, they were all over TRL on MTV <laughs> oh, they, and they blew up. Yeah. Yeah. They, they really did. I remember going on AOL and having to wait to load, uh, I forgot what video. I think it was Nookie. (laughs) I had to wait to load that video and watch it. Yeah. And um, we should, we should talk for a minute about that. Firstly, I, I think that's my favorite song of theirs. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know 
like by the time I had heard their music and was listening to it, that had already been out and I had heard it, but I didn't know it was their breakout hit. Um, yeah. Well, I, I have positive things and I have one in the back of my mind, cynical thing. Um, I, I just can't get over how the, you know, the Goo Goo Dolls are releasing songs like Slide where it's like, do you want to run away and get married? And over here, <laughs> Limp Bizkit, the, the subject matter is pretty much like, how did I get into this mess in Nookie? Yeah. And he's like, doesn't matter, had sex. Yeah. Which is just <laughs> hilarious to me. Like, it's a total, total subversion of what I expect. I don't know. It's great. But um, the, the other th thing I noticed was first when Snoop Dogg showed up, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Can't believe Snoop's uh -huh. in this video. And then I saw Dr. Dre in it, too, and I was like, corporate hands made these <laughs> deals, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But so who knows how natural their blow up was. They, they, they do have a payola scandal in their history, which is pretty shameful thing, in my opinion, but whatever yeah Biz hustle how you gotta hustle i guess they're, they're all more successful musicians than me <laughs> <laughs> what do you think led to them being embraced so much because there's a stark contrast between the brand of new metal that corn is presenting uh -huh. compared to the over-the-top crass goofiness of limp biscuit that's a good question <laughs> I mean, they did the fan base did kind of overlap there, in, but in what way? Like, explain a little. I mean, if you like corn at that time, I'm pretty oh, sure you liked Limp Biscuit too. Gotcha. But I mean, yeah, I, it just seemed like a curious thing to me. But I do, and and one reason I think I like uh, Nookie is it it sounds quite similar to what like a 311 song sounds like to me where there's a hard rock chorus and some weird shit going on while people rap mm -hmm. and and then i was like okay i'm i've always been down with this it's 311's a bit more uplifting and less cynical but you know yeah uh, for sure uh yeah um i i just thought that was really a a weird contrast because by the end of it when you know i was i mentioned earlier my mind goes right to somewhere else when i think about new metal and that is hybrid theory by lincoln park mm -hmm. and i was happy to see on the wikipedia page that they consider that the peak and um yeah. that's the total as i mentioned before it's filled with all this emo angst so how did we go through this you know what do you have any guesses as to what propelled things in that direction? Um, well, I mean, it kind of always started like that. If you listen to like some of Korn's early stuff, it was definitely, I'm not going to call it emo, um, but it was definitely more self-hatred and, you know, what's going on here? <laughs> so, yeah, I did pick um, up some of that. Some of it did seem a bit to have the rap boastfulness to it. Uh -huh. Like there is like in Children of the Corn, he's like, Generation X, all about smoking weed and kinky sex. And I'm like, <laughs> bro, you heard of hippies and free love, dude? Come on. Like, yeah, but, you know, that's where my edginess detector goes off again. It's like, bro you're super cool like you know but any it, it is a cool song but it, it yeah it, there is a bit of that rap boastfulness compared to the overall just like very dark lyrical matter of the stuff that came later not not that it's like overtly dark but it's emo or whatever you want to call it so yeah yeah i mean it could have just come down to you know the individual band members and their experiences so i was trying to think that i did wonder if there was some rejection of some type of cultural norm or bigger phenomenon because they're angry about something man and, and i couldn't pin down what um everything i thought of felt tainted by my own experience 
Uh-huh. So I didn't know what what it could possibly be, but like I think it's just I, I'm not going to say authority or anything like that, but I think it's just maybe almost society as a whole. Is that in my eyes? Is that why there's such a limited lap, a limited overlap in the punk and like hardcore punk and and like the hard rock new metal scenes? And of course, there could be. I, I'm sure we could offend metal heads out there by defining new metal as a metal genre, which I don't know. Really, <laughs> well, it, I mean, they're not. already offended at it. They're already yeah. offended at it. Yeah. I didn't know the, the, the extreme hate for new metal from uh, heavy metal fans. Oh, yeah. They even <laughs> make a dig at it in a Metalocalypse episode, which I thought was a little okay. weird. I was like, D- dude, you're a musician. You think time mm-hmm. period limits when instruments can be used? But to be fair, that episode is hilarious when they bring in session musicians and Nathan yeah. <laughs> is singing like beat poetry over this drummer. It's hilarious. But anyway, yeah, no, there's that's what I said. It's become a huge punching bag. And yeah, I honestly think like Paper Cut by Linkin Park like kicks a thousand asses. Like it uh-huh. is so awesome in my opinion, like, cause it has all of the things I like about the genre, which I won't lie. Like even the subject matter of the song, like hiding your true self, like, come on, like, yeah, I get it. I get, I get you, bro. I know that feel, bro. But, um, no, it I has, think, oh, it, go ahead. I think, uh, sorry. I think that's why it was so big too, that now that you just said that, like, I get you, I think it was like, there was a mutual thing there where it was like, the listeners are like, okay, I get you, but also the people making this music at back at the audience are saying, I get you too, you know? So I, I do think that's part of it, but that, I mean, let me be clear. That is the 5% compared to the 95% that is the music. Like, yeah, like, I mean, that's almost not fair because whoever edited those vocals is a friggin' genius. They sound so cool, especially like the when he says skin and it, it like yeah. glitches right before. Oh man, like that is genius. And they did that in 1999. Like, well, mm-hmm. they're making it in 99, I think, and it came out in 2000. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, it that that's nuts to me. And it sounds it presents the whole picture of where it's got all those musical elements plus like the rap scratches like in the intro it has that riser filter sweep noise and it just sounds mm-hmm. so explosive and that's the same thing about nookie too like this verse is so subdued and then it just breaks out into this heavy rock i don't even yeah, like new metal chorus and Mm -hmm. i I really like that contrast and the tasteful use of scratches and stuff and electronic effects like the synth at the opening of paper cut is just banging absolutely Mm -hmm. love it and um yeah do do, do you do you have a i i know you said you so go straight to corn would you have a defining song that you consider like the new metal anthem uh yeah definitely if we're talking corn it's falling away for me okay no that's fair and yeah and corn was actually besides the card shop uh my older sister who bought me the limp biscuit cassette tape uh was super into corn as well so that was a big the cassette tape jumping off point for me for listening to it for your walkman yeah. Hell oh, the, yeah. The Limp Biscuit was a cassette tape. Yeah. It was for my yeah. Walkman. No. She had she had uh issues by corn on CD though. She listened to to it on her boombox. Oh, uh, right but on. I also remember the South Park episode with uh, oh I'm pretty gosh. sure it's a Halloween episode with yeah. corn on it. The, yeah. To solve the Scooby Doo mystery. Yeah. Dude, that episode is hilarious. That's one of yeah. those like older season forgotten gems where they did something yeah. really out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they pull. play falling away from me at the end on that. Yeah. So, oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, good pull, dude. Um, I, um, I never got as much into say Slipknot or, um, sorry, I was going to say Slipknot was my like number two for sure. Huh. 
So, I mean, that's clearly how I saw it as far as kids wearing T-shirts, like Korn Mm -hmm. was the king and Slipknot was like their, you know, the next one in line. So, yeah, Slipknot was definitely more like hardcore. That's that's (laughs) kind of where I saw some of the differences there where I was like, this feels a little less representative of new metal to me like it is. But it's not like genre defining. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as much as I like Korn, I would say that Slipknot's first album got more playtime from my brother and I. Really? Versus, yeah. As far as like the whole album went, because the, all the songs on their debut album are just bangers pretty much. So Korn had like, you know, their like one or two hits. And then the rest of the album was just kind of just like, eh, you know. <laughs> A lot of some filler. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the most recent times I listened to a whole album straight through the other day. And I kind of remembered why I don't listen to albums straight through yeah. <laughs> anymore. I don't know if that says me more about me or about albums. So anyways, uh, I was going to say one of the songs you shared with me really took me back because mm-hmm. I've been trying to identify that song by Mudvayne that you shared. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, dig because back in high school i i was all about guitar so on lunch break in junior and senior year when we could go off campus adam and i would go to a friend's house and he had a bass and i remember him teaching me that bass line because we we were mystified by slapping and stuff yeah and that sounds really cool that song but it's really not that hard like you just hold two frets and slap two open strings but um, okay. I had forgotten the name ages ago, and it like is right at the beginning of the song. So the instant yeah, I heard it, they I only was say like, it about eight times during the chorus. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, this is that song. No, <laughs> but I remember uh, like you know the lyrics and stuff. And I once I heard it, I was like, oh, this is dig. Like, of course. But um, mm-hmm. no. So I wanted to thank you for that, and also, and that is another example where I put that on the edge of hard rock because that that's the kind of stuff we would hear on the cds that they played in the wrestling room in high school Mm -hmm. you know but um it's not again it's not to say it's new not new metal but it's still like right on the boundary compared to some of the other bands i think we've discussed for sure you know it was really weird to me when i did do some reading this morning is apparently sugar ray you know them like uh-huh. pop band based n- not pop band completely but apparently one of their albums the one that fly is from uh-huh. is a new metal album except for that song <laughs> which became a hit and i'm like what so i'm gonna i'm gonna go and listen to that sometime because i'm curious about that yeah like, well they were saying that uh that crazy town song or whatever uh which come my lady they were saying that that band is new metal, but I'm not so sure about that. that. I also was a little confused by that. I was wondering if I was remembering a different band or something. Like, what what songs are by Crazy Town? Mm-hmm. But let's. It was hit. just that one hit. Oh, okay. Well, I was gonna say, and this is one of the few examples where I do see that when I look at their genres, it has rap rock, hip hop, rap metal, because there's just such, I found such, and I think there's like some background ideological differences that separate Mm -hmm. like the punks from some of the other rockers and the metal heads. Like those are all different types of things, but um, it's, it's strange to me that a lot of these bands that had similar sounds or I liked, well, one aspect they had chugs and um, Uh (laughs) they fell into a different genre though, for some reason. And I didn't understand why, like the the largely ridiculed band Hawthorne Heights, like go Uh listen to the song dead in the water. That song fucking owns. Yeah. (laughs) Fight me. Like it chugs so hard, but anyways, um, that, that's again i may have uh shown my hand but i kind of see a through line not even with 
what I just mentioned, but wh where do you see new metals influence in the future of, of music? Like from what we've seen and maybe going forward. Hmm. That's a good question. Cause I'm not sure. I think, I think the bands that are still out there doing stuff mm -hmm. are kind of just the last part of it. Cause I mean, the, their remnants holding on. Yeah. I mean, music has branched out into so many sub 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 genres nowadays that it's like <laughs> it's hard to tell where influences are coming from that's kind of what inspired me to ask the question what really is new metal because even mm -hmm. as someone who can tell you electro versus house versus electro house versus tech yeah. versus tech house i still am baffled sometimes by the the way people categorize bands or yeah. whether it's self-categorization, maybe that makes it confusing, you know? You don't listen to brutal deathcore metal, but <laughs> you got the mathcore, you know? <laughs> well, okay, you kind of said a key thing there. Well, first I was going to say, like, yes, I am a little turned off. New metal avoids this, but certain modern metal genres are just mm -hmm. a, a freaking guitar dick measuring contest, and it's like... oh yeah. I have huge respect <laughs> for technical players, but it's got to be musical too, you know? Yeah. I so. mean, yeah, there's, there's certain like tech death bands that are better than others. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. But, and, um, no, the other thing is, um, I actually kind of think that new metal did leave a mark and I don't have a lot to back this up. If you heard the last part of our last episode i make electronic music as well and record guitar music occasionally so i dabble in those things and um apparently corn was the one that made very wide detuned doubled guitars popular which hmm. is a minor thing but i took the time to google just the phrase new metal gent and yeah you know a, a lot of people gent and math core are similar the same people call it mm -hmm. gent dear listener if you don't know because of the sound the guitar makes gent gent gent, 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 gent. <laughs> so enough said and um the uh, <laughs> I, I kind of see a bit of a through line there because my favorite gent or like they're like progress progressive melodic metal i guess you might say um mm -hmm. but like they have a very you know lots of chugs yeah but also synths it just it's very modern sounding in its production yeah. and that's kind of what i feel when i listen to hybrid theory is i was like this still sounds modern today and um, okay. that, that's kind of where I see the through line is in mm -hmm. those math core, the, the not as much speed or grind yeah. core genres, the more slowed down groove genres of, of metal and rock. So I don't know. Could be gotcha. wrong. So just that but, production aspect. But that, that's just my thoughts on it. I have no, I, I'm not educated enough to know about the uh, beginning of it. But that that's kind of where I saw its influence later on down the line. Gotcha. One thing I noticed, most songs for being a rock or metal genre are missing something. That is? You don't have a guess? I, Guitar is, solos? Yep, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that just today. I was like, because I, I was like, oh, we should talk about some sick guitar. Wait there are no guitar solos like i yeah. <laughs> couldn't think of one that's not either just like another cover of the melodic vocal line mm -hmm. or um just just doesn't have one so I was like, yep <laughs> i thought that was a little weird and you know maybe those uh, well that's not fair plenty of those guitarists probably have the skills for it but it was a stylistic choice i guess yeah yeah i think it was just the whole part of the genre Leaning towards the rap direction of it. Yeah, just yeah, just guitar riffs and and the vocals pretty much. So. Yeah, and I really do like that style of guitar riff where it just is explosive like that. Mm -hmm. I can't emphasize 
that enough. Yeah, e- even though I I didn't listen to as much Slipknot, I did know I, I got like kind of a crash course on some of the evolution here because when I listened to their older stuff, I I definitely heard where other bands kind of got some of their stuff like the really fast yelling you know what i mean uh-huh. yeah so like system of a down yeah that's exactly what i was think- thinking like did you listen to them a lot yeah i'd say next to slipknot system of a down was like my favorite really um yeah i, I mean obviously when toxicity came out that was yeah that again, that was probably a huge... the year 2001 maybe that was uh, a huge hit yeah but if we're talking about kind of your see-throughs i think system of a down definitely was more that new metal band that kind of crossed genre over into the yeah. punk or the rage against the machine territory yeah um no i i they have well, they have a fantastic drummer let me tell you that oh, I, yeah. I really like their drummer <laughs> um but uh other than that yeah they have um a very eclectic style but it is very i do see the new metal influence on it for sure yeah you're a big fan of them oh yeah huge fan i think our whole like school i remember our whole school was because when uh chop suey came out you know that that was the shit right there yeah (laughs) yeah there is um i remember a kid asking me he was wearing a system of a down t-shirt and i had just heard that through a friend and he was like pointing at one of the dudes on the shirt and he was like I think this guy's a poser, though. What do you think? And I was like, Dude, I don't <laughs> fucking know. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you mean that's, a poser? How is he a poser? <laughs> that's a weird statement. <laughs> he was a weird kid. He had he was like a nerd. We were in uh-huh. like the accelerated math shit together, and then he went punk or whatever you want to okay. call it. Like that 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 I don't know how else to describe it. But um, yeah. So he he just was begging for an excuse to hate on someone i think uh, gotcha but it was just a weird thing to say um yeah what any what else about system of a down man i think that yeah they definitely made a big splash i kind of almost had forgot about them yeah well i think their their songwriting skills were i think a lot better than most of the new metal bands that were out there i agree um like i mean yeah they can write songs but System of a Down definitely had more, more structure, more musical aspects, you know? And that's one thing I wanted to comment on is as I got further in the decade, I noticed songs with bridges and longer transitions and more thought out sections. And I think that really help develop it and i think you're absolutely right because i mean i make electronic music i don't really listen to a lot of vocal music but the the vocals in for instance um what is it byob are definitely yeah. striking and the the words in um a couple of their other songs the, you know the sections where he goes from I don't even know what to call it. Rapping, yelling extremely fast into like that rapid act, fire into actually good singing slow then is like mm-hmm. such a cool contrast. I, they had a good thing going on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and they don't get much love for their album before toxicity. I mean, they do with their actual fan with like the fans, but people uh, have looked back. Yeah. They had some, yeah, some okay like ones that on there. Su- that sugar song. The, like yeah. I remember listening to that yeah. walking home on the way from like fifth grade, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. No one checked what music I was listening to when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, I had a different experience. But they I think my parents were mostly right as far as like early nineties. I remember mm-hmm. my brother putting together like a best of late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Um, yeah, a tape again. But uh, and I was just like, man, this uh, I don't like this very much. <laughs> so I I didn't feel like I missed out that much. But as I got into middle school and high school, I started branching out. I I never had control of the radio, so mm-hmm. I did not really get a chance unless I was like with someone who was going to expose me to this music that normally i wouldn't get a chance to listen to so gotcha but look at looking back i i see where a lot of 
I see where a lot of the influence on the on the other bands that I was listening to overlapped and came from. So mm-hmm. I remember the first time I think I was, you know, I had certainly been exposed to it, but the first time I think I had an open mind towards it was seeing on TRL. And I, I, I don't care much for music videos. I just wanted to get straight to the music. And mm-hmm. unless it's a creative venture in itself or a good representation of the band playing. I don't really care about your music video. Um, <laughs> if you try and do some wacky artsy stuff and combine it with the band, it's like, no, fuck off, do one or the other. <laughs> um, I saw their video for um, One Step Closer and I was like, yeah, this is pretty rad. And I was like, kind of in denial with myself that it was pretty cool. And like, I I remember being like, no, I'm not really into that. And people are like, I need a little company. And I'm like, it's, it's room to breathe, bro. Come on. (laughs) He doesn't need company. He's saying, leave me the fuck alone. Get with it. And yeah, I don't like that by the way. No, not defensive at all. No, no, totally (laughs) hypocritical, but you know, I was fucking 12, whatever. Um, Yeah, so uh, um, that was, you know, that again was past the 90s, but I it gave me the ability to be like, huh. And I kind of looked back with an open mind and a, a, a working Napster and, um, you know, found a bunch of, <laughs> found a bunch of cool new music. And, and not, not to the same degree as you ever did, I think, but, um, you know, not mm-hmm. getting to experience it during its its heyday perhaps except maybe the end of it but um yeah yeah, i i think it's unfair that it became a uh punching bag in the metal community i don't think a lot of these guys ever saw themselves as metal heads yeah they were just doing their own thing (laughs) yeah they were doing their own thing and uh the metal community has their whole sacred cow and everyone will define things differently. So it's, it it is almost pointless to try and pin it down, but it is fun to see who influences who and such. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, overall, like I said, I hope just anyone listening takes a moment to maybe listen to some of these songs or bands again. You might be surprised. You might think, Oh, I outgrew that, but be like, (laughs) no, this is pretty cool. You might surprise yourself. I certainly did. And you did with your picks. So. Yeah. I still listen to Slipknot's first album to this day. Yeah. The- <laughs> no, there's, there's plenty of good hits out there um, in the new metal genre. It's good stuff. Like, yeah, some of it hasn't aged the best. It certainly has its like shortcomings when it tried to be a little too edgy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that. It kind of was just too, uh, it, it wore the times on its sleeve a little bit too much, I think. Yeah, for sure. That's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It, it definitely encircled and encompassed just that late 90s, early 2000s, just society, you know? Yeah, that's kind of what I think about. There was a lot of anger and rejection in it. Even if it wasn't a straight up rejection of something, I think it's just rejection of society or like cities in suburbia, wherever these kids grew up, shit like that, oh, yeah. you know? It yeah. Was it was like, like a different kind of rebellion. Yeah. It wasn't just like straight up, fuck you, authority. You know, yeah, it was just like, I hate myself more than I hate you. <laughs> I don't think I finished that thought. That's where like the punk line differs between like yeah. the anti authority versus the like, nihilistic view of of new metal and and some of their stuff or a moral view which i i can't necessarily applaud but i won't judge them <laughs> they they're just recording a song so <laughs> i think that wraps it up for me i i have to say my overall story of new metal is not giving it a fair shake and finding out it was cooler than i thought and being in denial yeah. and then coming around to acceptance. And now I'm here holding up the, the pillar of, of, of new metal saying it's still good amongst <laughs> the haters. That's a whole character arc right there, Peter. It is. That's what I'm saying. There's my, my new metal redemption. Yeah. Um, 
No, if people are saying new gent is going to be a thing, but th- those posts were a couple a couple of years old. So I, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if I should bust out the the emg pickups you know start getting my gent on no i think we successfully avoided any technical jargon or dissecting uh sections of songs which is good um yeah (laughs) do you have any other bands songs things going on in the world uh no not really uh yeah i I mean there was a couple one-hit wonders out there who who, uh, what were some big ones Give, uh, I mean, me bodies some... by drowning pool for sure. Oh yeah, they didn't have much else. Yeah, but no. that, that's a classic. Like, if you never heard "Let the Bodies Hit the Floor," you you might have missed out yeah. on this part of the decade. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's there's a multitude of other new metal bands out there that we didn't touch on. But I mean, I didn't really listen to them when I was a kid. You know. <laughs> yeah on the on the Wikipedia page, I certainly saw a lot of bands i was less familiar with and a little surprised to see some of the bands cited as influences but you know as i was saying with genres everyone has in their own mind what a genre really is Mm -hmm. but um yeah i think i think we kind of kind of covered the the basics and the big ones yeah as far as the heyday of the new metal movement for sure because you know i I think I had already moved on to, you know, for a while I was into hardcore punk and that type of mm-hmm. stuff. And, and that's where like the, that's kind of what took over for heavy guitar music for me until uh, electronic music came along and totally removed uh, metal from all football commercials and is now you know <laughs> dubstep instead because it's way heavier. <laughs> but uh, anyways, so yeah, that, that, that's kind of the decline and I didn't keep up too much with that. That's for, you know, Evanescence and, and stained. Uh, yeah. I don't know, yeah. Man. That, that was the, definitely the fall of it. <laughs> and and the, some of the other bands that came out and started doing metal core, they, they kind of carried the spiritual torch, I think mm-hmm. in a way, but it, it, it was definitely a different genre before things just, came back around to allowing uh rap elements and things like that in their in their rock music yeah for sure i would say that wraps it up for our discussion of new metal i've been your host peter z here with toby freeze toby what's up next week oh we're getting into a goodie oh yeah and i know you like it mm-hmm. <laughs> uh 10 things i hate about you yep we are Instead of a jump, we're sticking close to the end of the decade. This one came out in 1999, and um, it's just, I find it hilarious. And it was a breakout role for a couple actors. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, a, there's just a lot of, lot of fun stuff to talk about. And I think it'll be a joy to rewatch and discuss. I agree. So if you want to hear us talk about 10 Things I Hate About You... Be sure to check in with us next Tuesday. Until then, please like and subscribe on YouTube, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and check us out on Twitter at Race by the 90s Thanks for listening. See ya.